morning, church. Isn't it wonderful to be here today knowing that God is with us? That is exciting, right? Thank God for blessing us and for His mercy and grace and patience and all those wonderful words that we can use. It is great to have you here, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for your attendance this morning. Let's go together to God in prayer, please. Our great and masterful Heavenly Father, we, we give all the praise, honor, and glory unto you. We, we lift up your name, O oh God, and, and hallow your name. We ask, Lord God, that you'll help us this morning, that you'll bless us to rid our minds of worldly thought, that we might continue in worship in honor of your name and reverence in a way that brings glory and honor unto you. We're thankful for Jesus, your great Son, who died that we might live, for that amazing sacrifice, Lord God, that was spoken of thousands of years ago and even from the days of eternity. Thank you, Lord God, for your gift of salvation. Please bless us this morning and help us, guide us, guard us, lead us, and direct us. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee, if it be thy will. Amen. Zechariah. Well, we're going back to Deuteronomy first because we're looking again at the book of Zechariah and the prophecies in the Bible. We're looking at Jesus 500 years. So Zechariah, 500 years before Jesus began his public ministry. Zechariah, by the way of the Holy Spirit, has something to say to us about Jesus. Jesus. It's all about Jesus, right? God has made his message clear. He put it into the mouth and the hearts of the prophets, and the prophets declared. And the question came up in the days of Moses. How will we know if a prophet is a true prophet, and God gives an answer. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Because it's very important as we think about the prophecies of the Old Testament speaking of Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 18, beginning in verse 18, the Bible says, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who shall speak words presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded to him to speak, or which he shall speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And you may say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken the prophet has spoken it presumptuously you shall not be afraid of him Jesus there are all these prophecies about Jesus are the prophecies about Jesus true please go back to Zechariah or turn to Zechariah if you will Professionals have done um, scientific and mathematical probability studies of the, the possibilities of, you know, that even one event of the Messianics uh, prophecies might come true. And, and there's a, a gentleman, or I'm going to grab one study from uh, Peter Stoner and Robert Newman. They wrote a book and, uh, entitled Science Speaks. So the book wrote of odds. What are the odds of Jesus fulfilling eight prophecies, eight of the major prophecies. 
that we read about in the Bible. So they did some studies and they found that here's the probability that Jesus, any one man, actually is their, their study and their findings, that any one man could do this. Keep in mind, Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies, but the probability that Jesus the Nazareth could have fulfilled eight major prophecies is one in 100 quadrillion. That's a one with like 17 zeros behind it. That's a lot. That's, that's major, right? One in 100 quadrillion. He gave an example. So what, what would that look like, right? Because that number doesn't even resonate in my mind. What does that look like? Well, he said if you took the state of Texas and uh, you took silver dollars and you piled them up two feet high over the entire state, you took a man and you blindfolded him. You took him to Dallas, Texas. You set him in one spot and you told him he can go in any direction for as long as he desires and then at some point stop. Dig his hand down within that two foot, if you will, of coins. And randomly just, just choose a coin. And the odds of him choosing that one specially marked coin would be one in 100 quadrillion. So for Jesus to fulfill eight, did you do a quadrillion, by the way? Were you able to? Okay. <laughs> I thought about that. Like, wait a minute. I probably should have talked to Pat first about that number. <laughs> For Jesus to fulfill eight of these prophecies. Now, keep in mind, so far, we've looked at 37 books. Speaking of Jesus and the fulfillment of prophecies. We're just going to look at a few more. In the book of Zechariah, we're going to, Zechariah is going to be our, our, our point of reference this morning. Our king came riding on a donkey. He was betrayed and sold or given over for 30 pieces of silver. That money was thrown into a potter's field. He was abandoned by those who loved him. They struck the shepherd and the sheep. They scattered. He died on a cross, a cruel cross. He was pierced for our behalf. That righteous branch came, that righteous branch built the temple, and that righteous branch died, but he didn't stay dead. That righteous branch rose from the grave and gave to us living waters. That's what Zechariah preached to us. Those are the prophecies, just a few. Those are the prophecies that Zechariah focused on by way of inspiration. Zechariah 9. Listen to what it says in verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Here Jesus comes riding on a donkey during his final week. This is, as we know it, the triumphal or triumphant entry 
into Jerusalem. And in Matthew 21, we see the fulfillment of this entry into Jerusalem, beginning, if you will, at verse 5. The Bible says, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And the disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid on them their garments on which he sat. And most of the multitude spread their garments in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road or in the road. And the multitudes were going before him and those followed after crying out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we did enter Jerusalem. All the city was steered saying, Who is this? And the multitudes were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The probability? One in 100 quadrillion? We're getting started. That's one. Zechariah chapter 11. Was he betrayed? The Bible tells us he was. Isn't it amazing that God not only told us what was going to happen, it wasn't just what Jesus did, it was also about all the people around Jesus and what they did. It was about the time, the actual time frame in which he lived. In Zechariah 11, in verse 12, he speaks to this amazing thing. It says, And I said to them, If it is good in your sight, give me my wages. But if not, never mind. So they weighed out 30 shekels of silver as my wages. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter. That magnificent price at which I was valued by them. So I took the 30 shekels of silver and threw them to the potters in the house of the Lord. Matthew 26, please. You know, when Judas betrayed Jesus, this very event happened. And you know, you would think if someone was really opposed to Jesus, they would try to mess up the prophecy. But you can't change the prophecy when it comes from God. In verse 14, then one of the twelve named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, what will you what are you willing to give me to deliver him up to you? And they weighed out to him. You would have thought the priest would have said, whoa, wait a minute. 30 pieces. Wait, I read that. I, whoa, hang on, guy. No, they didn't even see it. And they weighed out to him 30 pieces of silver. I mean, they couldn't even resist their own wickedness and evil, even though it's in the Scriptures. And then chapter 27, when Judas came back to them, beginning at verse 1, Now when morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him up to Pilate the governor. And then when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned, he felt remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and elders saying I have sinned by betraying innocent blood but they said what is that to us see 
to that yourselves. And he threw the pieces of silver into the sanctuary and departed. And he went away and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the piece of silver and said, It is not lawful to put it into the temple treasury since... <laughs> that's funny. All of a sudden we're righteous. <laughs> since it's the price of blood. And they counseled together. They counseled together. These are the men who were supposed to know the law. They counseled together and with the money brought the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. And that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of one whose price had been set by the sons of Israel. And they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. You think somewhere in there, back to Zechariah, please, someone might have started thinking, you know, the Bible's real <laughs> because it said it and we did it. They still don't get it. Zechariah 13, verse 7. It was abandoned. Awake, O sword against me, against my shepherd, and against the man my associate, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd that the sheep may be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. Jesus continually spoke to them and he said, I am the good shepherd. So it's not that they didn't know. Matthew 26, please. That he was the shepherd. Later declared as the chief shepherd. The fulfillment. In Matthew 26 and verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Verse 55, please. At that time, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me? As against a robber, every day I used to sit in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. And all the disciples left him and fled. Zechariah 12. Zechariah 12 and verse 10. There's this new method spoken of of execution Zechariah 12 and verse 10 and I will pour out on the house of David and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication so that they will look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping of a firstborn. And we read it. And every first day of the week, we think about it. Please turn to John chapter 12, 
the fact that Jesus was pierced on a cross, lifted up on our behalf, pierced with the sword, pierced with nails. In John 12, in verse 32, Jesus says, And if I, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Suspended between heaven and earth, according to the prophecy. One out of 100 quadrillion is such a it's such a tiny number for God. Think about that, right? One more time. One in 100 quadrillion is just a drop in the bucket for God. You want to give God an odd? He says, okay, so that's for eight major prophecies. How about if I give you 300 plus? Church, we've got to come alive because Jesus came, he died, and he rose. Against all odds, he fulfilled every prophecy spoken against him. Even in Zechariah chapter 11, it speaks of the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. But I'm going back to Zechariah again. Zechariah this time, chapter, chapter 6. We read about this last week. And I want to mention it again. The branch, the righteous branch, Jesus Christ, who came, the branch who built the temple, the branch who rose from the dead, the great resurrection, who through his resurrection, through his death, turned the world back to God. Verse 12. The Bible says this. Then say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, a man whose name is Branch, for he will branch out from where he is, and he will build the temple of the Lord. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord, and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne. Thus, he will be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace will be between the two offices. And so Jesus comes as both both priest and king. Let's review John chapter 2, please, beginning at verse 19. Jesus spoke of this, and he wanted them to understand the Old Testament prophecy. Did they get it? Not quite. Not yet. Verse 19. Then answered, Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews therefore said, It took 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. And then Zechariah chapter 14, please. Zechariah chapter 14. Here's the question this morning. When you look at the Bible and you think about the words of God, are you compelled to honor him? Are you compelled to go out and tell the world about our great God? You know, there are so many prophecies then in the New Testament that are coming. God's coming back. He's coming back. 
And when he comes back, he's going to take his own. And those who are not his, he's going he's to discard those who are not his. They're going into eternal punishment, eternal fires of hell. And those that are his, he's going to deliver over to the Father. And they get to go to heaven to be with God. And there's a waiting place called paradise. And there's another place called Tartarus, the bad place. It's already here. Heaven's coming. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? It's true. What are the odds, preacher? I don't even have a number. Zechariah 14 and verse 8. And it will come about in that day that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and the other half toward the western sea. And it will be in summer as well as winter. And so on one hand, we can think of the blood of Jesus that flows backwards to Adam and forward to the last man that lives on the earth. But in the idea of the living waters, we think of what Jesus taught us in John chapter 7. He said it over and over and over again in different ways. And in John 7 in verse 37, the Bible says this. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And that's our question this morning in closing this lesson out. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? If you're not a child of God today, and you're thirsty, and you want to come to Jesus, now, today is the day of salvation. Surrender to Him. Having heard His word and believed it, having godly sorrow in your heart, Confess his name before men. Be baptized, immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Are you thirsty? This morning, if you're a member of the body of Christ and perhaps there are things that you've been struggling with in your life and you want to make it right with God, are you thirsty enough to make it right with God today? This morning, I close with the question. Since we know that everything God says is true and has come true and those that are coming will come true, Are you thirsty enough to honor Him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength? And just do the right thing. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.